Welcome to another edition of Lens Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest, I want to talk about something first and then what's going to be really burning my bush this week. So first, let me say happy 5781 Rosh Hashanah. Of course, of course, this will cap off all of the people saying happy new year to my Jewish friends or like my first episode Eastover, happy new year to those who celebrate. And we do it on both sides. The Jewish people are just as guilty of this. Uh, they got to say Happy New Year to those who celebrate. Again, when you say Shana Tova, we pretty much have figured out who's celebrating. So I don't think there's a need for a caveat. So I'm going to give you a little bit of advice. So next year, when you're doing Rosh Hashanah wishes, just say Happy Rosh Hashanah. We know who celebrates. It's not a, an idea that you have to have that. I'm not going to say Merry Christmas to those who celebrate. We know who celebrates Christmas. So those are the type of things we need to uh, we need to fix. And I also hope the tribe remembers to stop writing 5780 on their checks as well. I also want to explain to everyone who doesn't understand the whole Jewish New Year thing, because I'm here to teach, of course. And as Jews, we don't get to celebrate too long. There's no, you know, matzo ball coming down um, on, on New Year's Eve or anything like that uh, because we don't get to celebrate too long because another somber holiday begins pretty soon. And we'll get into that as well because we don't like to be too happy, I guess. So Rosh Hashanah is the birthday of the universe, the day God created Adam and Eve, and it's celebrated as the head of the Jewish New Year. Now, it began on sundown on the eve of Tishrei 1, which was September 18th. And it ends after nightfall on Tishrei 2, September 20th, 2020. The central observance of Rosh Hashanah is blowing the shofar, which is the ram's horn, on uh, both the mornings of the holiday, except on Shabbat, got to have got to have rules, which is normally done in the synagogue as part of the day services, but may be done elsewhere for those who cannot attend. Now, of course, we love our food. Rosh Hashanah feasts traditionally include round challah bread stuffed with raisins and apples dipped in honey as well as other foods that symbolizes our wishes for the year. Other Rosh Hashanah observances include candle lighting in the evenings and desisting from creative work. And of course, this podcast would be considered creative work. So I am breaking the rules, of course. So together with Yom Kippur, which follows 10 days later, it's part of the Yamim Norim, the days of awe or the high holy days. So there you go. You learned a little bit about the Jewish New Year and um, how we celebrate. So getting back to what's burning my bush Parents who have to sell crap on social media for everything, their kids' activities. Uh, it's exhausting. Mums, cookies, buddy cards. I have bought them all. But you know what we never see? Your kid. Get them a mask. Do something. Go door to door. If, if I could still get those annoying window, the lawn salesman, the Schwann's guy, then come on. I know it's a pandemic, but let your kid sell the stuff Put a mask on them or her and get out there. Winning an award because they sold the most when they didn't sell anything isn't going to help them later in life. In the meantime, send me some Thin Mints, will you? With that being said, it's time to bring on longtime friend from the great state of New Jersey, former radio personality, Angelo Fioris. Hello, Angelo, and how are you on this lovely day? Wow, Len, I'm, I'm doing fantastic, and uh, I'm glad to be here with you uh, talking like we we used to. Oh, right? a- absolutely, and this is fun. So so what are your thoughts? I mean, you've had enough of this candy, selling every little bit of thing. Uh, you know, people feel like, just because I know you, i got to buy stuff from your kid, and, and, and I usually do, but I want right. the kid to come to my door for a change. Yeah, uh, I have two thoughts on that. One, I'm not a parent, so my my I'm a more of an outsider when I'm commenting on this, right? But I was a kid once, and I used to have to sell that stuff for baseball and for school and for Cub Scouts. 
And uh, I will say that my old man used to just take the stuff to work because he sold uh, food at work and he would just add the chocolate bars to his uh, to his inventory and he'd come back with uh, the envelope full of the money for me. So I did a little bit, but he did most of the work back then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm one of the I'm one of the guilty. I wasn't taught the lesson of salesmanship at a young age. No, well, I and I can understand that because I I mean I've done the same thing with my kids. I've I've posted the things you know. Hey, you know we we're selling raffle tickets and we're doing this and and uh, my kids are part of bowling organizations, so they you know they're always trying to raise money. But what I've made them do recently over the last you know now they're older, but what I've made them do when they needed to raise their own money, I said, hey, you're coming up to the bowling alley on Thursday night. You're going to go up to all these people and you're going to ask them for money. That's the way you're going to do it, right? You're going to at least try. But but these parents that the kids are five years old and they're already part of a Boy Scout or a Cub Scout or whatever the Scout is today, and they're selling mums and all this other nonsense, I'm, I, right. I'm done. I'm done. And the Girl Scout cookies are awesome, but it is just, you know, when, when they give out awards for these Girl Scouts, it, there was an episode of Everybody Loves Raymond. I don't know if you ever got a chance to watch it, but it's the funniest episode. It is uh, Ray Romano and the, and his arch nemesis Peggy, and they they fight and and she likes it's scary to to Ray. Ray Ray doesn't understand, so she has the best spot for the cookies. So she sells cookies to Ray's parents, and it was just like a whole episode. But it's just a it's the truth. You you don't um, the kids don't learn anything anyway. And the parents are the ones fighting amongst each other on who's selling the crap. It's the equivalent of that kid in your class back in the day whose parents clearly made the diorama for them. Oh, absolutely. The scientific no, experiment. No at all. Absolutely. Oh, look at me. I have an, an operating volcano as my science project. And I brought in like a battery connected to a potato. Yeah. Bingo. And that's why Aunt I, Becky's going to, to help. And that's why I say Aunt Becky's going to jail. Because... Yeah. The exact same thing. We, we've got to go back to where you were a parent and then you didn't get in the crowd. Get out of your kids' stuff. Let them be kids. Let them learn. You cannot pay for, if the kid is, is here's the deal. You cannot pay for success. They have to be earned and it has to be earned. So I don't think that uh, the whole Aunt Becky thing is just a perfect example of the kid never learned anything. The, the mother is going to jail though. Right? Does that make any sense to you? The mother goes to jail. The kids should go to jail. That's what I say. That would be the only way they would learn. A, a painting. Go, so, go style. Exactly. So here's here's here. I, I saw this quote and I, I I thought it would be perfect for today. Um, it says to raise a child who is comfortable enough to leave you means you've done your job. They are not ours to keep, but to teach how to soar on their own so that is exactly what i i really believe i think that if we can go back to that where we might have a chance because these kids today they're not going to be able to do their own laundry i mean they're going to be 25 still living at home 35 maybe even be. I, you're, yeah you're right they are living at home aren't they yes and they're allowed to get insurance on their parents dime until they're 26 Oh, well, that, you know, there you go. You got to pay for everything. I, I make my, my son pay his own stuff now. I mean, he's 20, but he, he does live at home, but but he's in the Air Force. Is, you know, I, I think he would love to live on his own, but he's got to get money first to do that. And after school and Air Force and all that, I don't. But I feel like I've done my job, right? If he wants to go live on his own, that is the first sign of you being a good parent. There you go, right? Let them live on their own. Let them get out of the house. I like my freedom, right? 
I, I, I mean, I, I've said many times on this, this show that my kids are 17 and 20, and I'm pretty much done, Angelo. I, I just, I've yeah. done my job. That's it. You know, yeah. it's, um, it now is. Now you're taking on an advisory role. I am taking on an advisory role. So that, 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 that's exactly it. I am, uh, so this is another topic I think you're going to love because I know your feelings about this. So this is, this is something I saw the other day. I saw somebody post something, and it just reminded me of what you did recently. So. Uh, over the last couple of years. So did you ever notice that people who delete or suspend their social media account, now they have to make that big announcement. I am going off social media. Okay, who gives a, you know, why Let's Why go. do I care that you're going off? I think it, it what it amounts to be is that the person wants your opinion or something they're 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 hoping that you'll tell them please don't go we miss you could there be a more insecure move than that no i i mean An announcement that you're leaving a platform and then you want the nine thousand comments below to follow to you know like you said no please stick around or whatever i mean it's just a valid it's like the the nonsense of your birthday being posted on facebook you right. 577 birthday notifications from people, but the year that you're not on Facebook, you might get two phone calls. Well, so. they, they they don't even know that it's your birthday because they don't have the Facebook notification that it's your birthday, Angelo. Because I, you know, I gotta admit, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not friends. Well, and that that's what it comes down to. You find out who your real friends are. If I try to text my friends uh, on their birthdays, and I also do the Facebook thing, and I, and I believe that you should at least thank the person on Facebook and not just put TY or we've gone through that as an episode, right? Because that's, you're pretty much, you've given up on life when all you could type is TY anyway. A. Yeah, it's like K. A. Yeah, everything's like. O in front of it? Are you that lazy? Uh, every, okay. Everything is an abbreviation. It is it is just exhausting. So it's it the social media thing, but I also find it's very hypocritical too because, you know, I, I'm getting, you know, I talked about the Jewish New Year, right? So now Yom Kippur is coming up, and all the Jews will be off social media during Yom Kippur, right? We're all off. Yeah, right. Nobody's off social media. You're not putting that phone down. So don't give me that. You're, you're taking the break from social media to reflect and to do whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Anything, they're leaving Facebook, but going to another platform. Well, exactly. They're, 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 all together. they're just going to Twitter, or they're going to Instagram, or... Other it is, and again, everybody with the outrage today, they, no one can just, be. I, yeah, it, just be fun. Like, I try to be funny on social media because I think, you know, that's what people need right now. We need to be, I started this show for me, really, but yeah. what, what the idea is, 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 is it's a good idea to kind of, you know, not talk about everything that's going on. Forget your troubles and uh, we will get through this just like anything else, right? I mean... We've survived all of this stuff through the years, and we'll survive this, the COVID, and the everybody's worried about the election. I mean, come on already. You know, it's like a sports thing. It's every, You get through it, right? You've been a Jet fan for how long, Angelo? I mean, you, Too long, 1977. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the last time, you, you, you know, I remember you went to Indianapolis for the championship game um, when they played uh, out there against the Colts, right? Was that? Yeah, you, rem you remember that story? Yeah. I couldn't find any of my friends, friends to go with me, so I went online, and I found – a guy on Craigslist that had posted uh, that he was driving his RV from Long Island to Indianapolis and he was looking for people to pick up the costs 
and I answered the ad and I was one of the people selected to join him. And I jumped on this van with four other strangers. A mini, uh, it was an RV and we drove across the country together. Uh, we spent uh, a couple hotel rooms, right? So we split a couple hotel rooms. Next day we went to the game together. We tailgated and then the sad long drive back uh, from Indianapolis to, to New Jersey. But that was a great experience, man. And I did it for the experience to see them. Uh, they've played one meaningful game since then. Yeah. Well, it, and 11 years ago already. It's a horror show what they got going on oh. now. I mean, I, I feel terrible for, for Jet fans because, you know, you got a guy like Sam Darnold and you just pretty much, you know, it's like having a Porsche and putting regular gas in it. Yeah, yeah, or using uh, aftermarket cheaper yeah. parts. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. So speaking of sports, I don't know yeah. if you got a chance to see, um, you know, Tampa Bay and the whole thing last week, and you talk and Bruce Arians. I, I thought this was kind of funny. He said on Monday that he was a bit surprised by quarterback Tom Brady's struggles in the Bucks debut against the Saints in a game. Of course, Brady threw two interceptions. We all know that he looked like Tom Brady in practice, but you know things didn't get very well you know he looked like Brady in practice so it's kind of unusual to see that in the ball game because they didn't go very well uh we didn't get ready for it everything they did we thought we were ready for Arian said some wide receivers have to do a better job but criticizing the great Tom Brady I thought was was kind of interesting but I saw a meme that I know you would love as a Jet fan this is fantastic uh I saw it today it's it's just brilliant I'm just gonna say I'm gonna leave it here it's just brilliant I might even post it on my my page but it's uh it's got tom brady sitting there in a typical fashion and i'll show it to you on zoom angelo but uh, for the people that are at home we'll we'll post it on my page here but it it basically is got him with that face i don't know if you got a chance to see it but it says so you all don't cheat to win here <laughs> and i just thought that was brilliant because i i found it funny that tom brady was hit more times in that game against the saints than he probably has been hit the last five years in New England. That's true. I mean, how you know he was like a statue upright there. He was never on the ground in New England, and and how many times he was pressured and rushed on Sunday. It was a lot different experience as a fan watching Tom Brady try to operate with a completely different cast of characters. He used to do that in New England, right? Have a different cast almost every year, but he had Belichick in a system. Now it's um, a whole different set of circumstances so it will be interesting to see how they rebound but I think Tom Brady's still Tom Brady and he will turn it around I, I'm not going to judge him on one game let's put it that way no I just uh, you know like I said I think it was just interesting that uh, and oh by the way New England won on Sunday just so you know they just continue they they continue to amaze um Belichick it's kind of like next man up is is the right thing I mean you think about it he went 11 and 5 with Matt Castle and Matt Castle couldn't play they missed the playoffs that year yes that was the one of the times they missed Isn't that amazing that is amazing well that was back when you actually had to try to make the playoffs apparently everybody's in now um they're asking they're doing another uh round or another team getting in what, what are your thoughts with with football back um I've always wondered about why there's such an a, a I love sports. I've always, I've always loved sports, but I've been a seasonal guy. I love baseball during baseball season. I love football during football season. I love hockey during hockey season and basketball. You know, I used to like that, but uh, since the Knicks have been irrelevant in the last 20 years, it, I, wow. I could care less if the uh, NBA ever played another game. But getting back to that, why are we so obsessed with football? What is the 
Because over the last 20 years, it's gotten to the point where it makes me crazy that ESPN and any other network on February 3rd or February 5th after the Super Bowl is completed, we're still talking and now we're talking about the draft and then the draft comes and then you're talking about the teams and training camp. It is it is exhausting. There is never an offseason. There's no offseason and that's been going on for a while now, right? And it's all about keeping the brand visible. Why go dormant for six months if you don't have to? And there used to be no opportunities to highlight these offseason type of activities, Len. You know, think about it. Who gave a crap about the draft back in 1975, 76, 77, other than the executives and the players and, and the fans? But we would read about it the next day in the paper, right? Um, it used to take place on Wednesday at noon, the NFL draft. Yeah. It was Thursday night, the first round in prime time. Friday night, the second round in prime time. Now it's all about maximizing eyeballs, maximizing dollars, streaming, sponsorships, and any other way to expand the universe and the dollars of the NFL. Yeah, I just find it interesting that I see a lot of friends. I mean, you know, they'll football comes and they have to watch every game and they're, you know, they're doing it. And I, 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 I was part of that. I had Sunday ticket for years, but I, I'm, I'm right. a Steeler fan. And that's all I really now I have so much other stuff going on that I'll just watch the Steelers. Right. If they're on, I'll watch it. I watched it Monday night. It was kind of fun. Um to watch it, but uh, I got to be honest, I'm not going to watch every single game um, because it's, you know, I always like that that funny story, the song on Sunday Night Football, waiting all day for Sunday night. Who is waiting all day? Who was? Yeah. I wasn't. By no, then, I'm toast. I'm I agree. Out. I was done. There was too many games. It's too it much. To it's, be, it used to be back then on, on a Sunday night, Len, you heard that 60 minutes stopwatch ticking and you knew the weekend was over. And you had to- <laughs> You had to go back to school and, and work. No yes, football. the sixty-minute right? stopwatch. Oh my! Give us uh, sixty but, minutes. Yes, but that, we used to wait all day for Monday night back. Yeah, then. I lost you, Angelo. But we used to wait all day for Monday night back then. How about now? You got me. We check one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I'm back. I think we're back. Uh, hey, are we back? Uh, I think so. I think we. I think I might have lost you. The monitor, either that or the monitor went off. But uh, either way, I think we're back. So uh, we'll keep it. Uh, we'll keep it here. Sorry for the technical difficulties. We're on Zoom. I think we went above the audio uh, level capacity or something like that. Something to do with that. Oh, we're both talking at the same time. Threw everything off. It could be. It could be. So um, I. I don't know if you noticed. I mean, everybody's posting it. So it was kind of trending on Twitter last night. But I'm. I'm sitting there because I had done a football game last night. And I'm sitting there, and I see RBG dot RIP, and I said, "Okay, who's that?" Right. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Exactly, and and RIP to her. And but it's it's the problem with these acronyms is that I can't understand them all, and I got to sit there and raise my hand. Hello, you know what what is this? So, um, RIP to Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Everybody's going off the deep end, and you know, uh, it's it, it, it's going to be. Uh wild for the next 50 days or so absolutely so with that being said i'm gonna i'm gonna get into something and i wanted to get your opinion of this because they always say that you can't teach an old dog new tricks right um i disagree with that and at 52 i'm going to be the perfect example of this so i have decided my wife and i have decided because she wanted to do this so i figured what the heck we have friends that 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 ride motorcycles I'm 52. I've never ridden a motorcycle, but now I've got two Harleys in my garage. 
Get out of here. I swear. I, I bought a used one, and my wife got the new one, but I am learning. I'm taking. going to take a class. Uh, I've got the uh, friend of mine, Odin. Uh, give him a shout-out. He gave me a Harley jacket that I've oh, got. Great. I've got the gloves. I've got a, a helmet that you can save anybody on. Now, granted, I fall off the bike. I'm probably going to die, but the helmet will be uh, is awesome. Uh, but I went to the Harley dealership. I knew nothing about motorcycles at all and walked away with, I, I got um, a Harley Davidson um, street bob, an older one, and I am in love with this bike. I, I'm looking at it in the garage going, I'd like to get out and ride it, but, you know, I'm, I'm learning, right? I'm, I'm, I'm experiencing all the things first, and then cool. I'm going to go out. We went to a parking lot, and we tried to ride. That was, it was kind of fun to be able to do that. And I will say, during that time, and the reason I'm bringing it up, did not think about anything other than riding the motorcycle. Mind off of everything else, right? Yeah. So you can teach an old dog new tricks then, right? I mean, especially now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I will tell you this. During the pandemic and the lockdown, in March and April, the early bleak or more bleak days of the, uh, of the pandemic, um, I picked up the bass guitar. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and I had it. I had a bass guitar from... 25, 30 years ago, and I never put any effort into it because of, for whatever reasons, laziness, life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But with all this extra time and looking for something to do, I just picked it up. I still had the equipment, the, the amp and the guitar. And uh, with YouTube these days being uh, such a vast resource of information, I started following some simple lessons on YouTube. And it's been about six months. Uh, I'm not uh, a virtuoso by any stretch of the imagination, but I could play probably a half a dozen, eight, nine songs now. And, um, you know, it's a skill that I didn't have just six, seven months ago. And you're right. When you're in the middle of jamming and playing a tune or even just trying to learn something, your mind is not on politics. Your mind is not on your bills. Your mind is not on anything other than what you're involved in and, and immersing yourself at that moment. And it's fun. Yeah, exactly. And and I will tell you this. So my opinion of the guitar thing, and I, I love guitar, and I love anybody that can play the guitar. So I, I salute you because I always wanted to. I took lessons as a kid, and I never went back, and I really should start again because I, I really want to play. But I always have um, – I, I look at God-given ability, right? And I look at me, and I'm like, I just don't have it when it comes to right. guitar. Because I could take these lessons, and I could go to the, the most famous person in the world, and for about four or five years – it will take me, but I probably will play some songs that you will recognize and maybe I'm okay at it. But I am not going to be Eric Clapton because that is a God-given ability. I was, I was talking about this last night as a play-by-play -play announcer. I can't teach you how to be a play-by-play -play broadcaster. There is, there, I don't even know how to do it myself. I just know how to do it, if you know what I mean, right? Sure. So there, it's it's got to be there's certain things like I remember um, on Mike and Mike in the morning they interviewed Darius Rucker right. and they yeah. asked him if he had ever uh, taken singing lessons and he said no right there Hootie and the Blowfish right you either got it you either got it or you don't like exactly and I don't that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try I'm just saying that right. you're not going to be you know great at everything it's okay like I might not be the best motorcycle rider in the world, but if I could go out and, and at least go with my friends on these trips. So I got the biker friends first, so now I got the bike and now I'm learning. I did it the ass backwards way. Instead of learning how to ride the bike and then buying the bike, I bought the bike first and then I'm gonna learn. You're like that you're like that kid that used to show up on the sand lot with all the catcher's equipment. Yes. Know how to play. <laughs> exactly. I'm 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 that guy. I'm smalls.
awesome. yeah. Awesome. But that's great, man. I'm picking up something like riding a motorcycle. Um, again, like at our age, right? I'm 50, almost 51. Yeah. And um, that's that's pretty great. I commend you for doing that. I've never been on a motorcycle. Uh, the one time I was on the back of one, I was crapping my pants the whole way, afraid I was going to fall off. Well, that was the, the problem. We were going to get one bike between us. And the problem is we couldn't figure out who was going to ride bitch. Ah. So we decided, you know what? We need two. Actually, it would have been you. It would have been me. It would have been me. I'm, I'm the, you know. I have no problem admitting that I'm, uh, you know, a little bit weak when it comes to certain things. <laughs> uh, but that, but again, that's why we got the two bikes. And you know what's funny? At 52, so this, my mother never wanted me ever to ride motorcycles as the reason I didn't ride as a kid. My friends even had mopeds, and I was not even allowed to partake in the moped, which would have been a little bit easier, right? Right. But uh, so at 52, oh, okay. I buy the bikes and. We're at the, I invite my mom over for Labor Day. And I did not tell her that I had bought a motorcycle. So I told my friends, I said, you know, I haven't told my mother yet that I bought a motorcycle. And she's like, well, you're 52. You could do whatever you want. I said, yeah, I know, but my Jewish mom. <laughs> yeah, a Jewish mom. You got to, but you know what? I think my mom has pretty much given up. She doesn't really care anymore. She's 75. She said, that's wonderful, dear. <laughs> perspective is different too now oh of course uh, she, she's hey i'm yeah I, basically it just means that i'm on my own and i've, I've done enough i've done it yeah live your life it's it's a, it's pretty much and i know how dangerous the motorcycle is so i don't want to get tweets that hey i, I do get it uh, but i look at it this way something's going to get you you might as well enjoy life that's the way i look at it you're a responsible guy. You're not going to be weaving. No, but you got to watch other people because there's too many people on their phones and they're texting and they're driving and the whole thing. And, and people don't know how to do one thing at a time. Never mind two. They One thing at a time when they're not operating a 3,000-pound machine. Yes. They, they, they really don't know how to do much. And it's, it's frustrating that um, you need a license for just about everything in the world, but you don't need a license to have children. That's kind of a fun, you know, that's... They, 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 you know, again, it, it all comes back down to that. But it's uh, it's it's interesting in this COVID whole uh, pandemic thing that we're picking up new things. Some people, um, we talked to Heather last week. She was doing painting. Uh, other people have picked up some other stuff. And now you're picking up the bass guitar. Yeah. Uh, it's awesome. I, I mean, we worked together in New York going back in the late 90s, early 2000s, when everything uh, kind of all hell broke loose in 2001, right? I had already gone by then. And uh, what was it, you know, you, you worked on 9-11. What was it like uh, working on 9-11? Well, you know, I got to tell you, my experience was probably completely different from anyone else's who was working that morning, it, 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 with the exception of my coworkers, of course. Um, first of all, it was a beautiful day driving in that day. Uh, the station that I was working at, WKTU, was located in Jersey City. So right at the southern tip, of, uh, right across from the southern tip of Manhattan. And our building had just the most amazing view of the towers from the corner offices, especially the boss's office. And right when the first plane hit, uh, I was about to do a report when everything went dead and we didn't know what was going on. We jumped out of the office. We're trying to figure out or out of the studio trying to figure out what's happening. We didn't know. I guess the backup generator kicked in and everything came back on and we continued broadcasting. Within about a minute, our head engineer makes an announcement over the intercom that a plane hit the World Trade Center. So I immediately turn on the TV. There's nothing going on. We run to the corner office and we see some of these flames happening now on that 
hundredth floor or whatever it was where the first plane hit. So with that vantage point that we had from our office and then running back to the studios to report this because we were physically seeing it, I know in my heart that we were the absolute first media outlet to grab this story without knowing what it was yet. We were already reporting it before it was on TV, before it was on NBC, before it was on ABC or anywhere else. And we were witnessing it happen without realizing yet that it was a, a jet airliner. Once the second plane hit and some of my coworkers physically saw it, uh, that's when we knew something was wrong. And uh, shortly thereafter, we were uh, evacuated out onto the street. The first building had collapsed by then. We didn't see that because we were still on the air broadcasting. Um, and wild stories were coming in, right? The plane crashed in Pennsylvania. Then the plane hit the Pentagon. And now things are going wild. Uh, and then a bunch of other wild stories were coming through the wire that uh, ultimately were false. But at that moment, you didn't know what was real or not. So security evacuates us out onto the street, Washington Street, right by the Newport uh, Path Station, going to Manhattan. This pandemonium, people are all over the place, uh, scrambling. One or two people had cell phones back then, not that many. They're on the phones, calling family. We're looking at this building in flames, trying to get to our vehicles. And, and unfortunately, we saw the second tower come down with our own eyes. We were standing there on the street. At that point, I remember turning to my coworkers and said, we got to get the yeah. hell out of here right now. Um, and I managed to get out of Jersey City and across the turnpike there uh, before they shut everything down. Otherwise, you know, I'd have been stranded, a little caught or whatever. Um, but it was very surreal, Len. And in the aftermath, right, in those days that we didn't know what was going to happen and people were missing and, and the city was, you know, really torn apart, um, our dance music and, you know, yuck, yuck format went out the window. And we became at that station, it was a dance station, right? Uh, we changed to just being a place for the listeners to cry, to share. Uh, to to communicate, to talk, to get it off their chests, and uh, and for us it was the same thing uh, as as the crew. You know, we were experiencing this, but just from a different. It was very cathartic in a sense for us as well to connect with the listeners and and share this experience and try to help the healing go. I remember uh, uh, leaving the studio one day shortly thereafter, walking down to the to the to the pier in Jersey city and, and, and joining the people from Z 100 and helping load up the barges with provisions and supplies and, and just banding together with everybody uh, and caring about everybody and everybody caring about everybody else. Uh, we could use a little bit more of that right now. I would that, agree. We need to go back to nine right? twelve. Um, right, and, and do that. Maybe nine fifteen. Yeah. Not, yeah. Not nine twelve. You're right. I agree. Yeah, but, nine twelve was a rough day. Yeah. I, I think when, uh, for me, the, you know, and I moved already at that point, I moved to Cincinnati and I had to work at Metro in Cincinnati. And, um, I remember sitting, watching the first plane. Well, what would happen is we were watching the today show and they were, they were breaking in, um, they said they had breaking news. And I thought at that point that Bob Hope had died. Like that was around the time. Right. And comes back and they show the plane it hit. And I told Susan, I said, it's a Tuesday morning. That's gorgeous weather. There is not one plane that is in, not intentionally hitting a building, you know? So I thought that was weird. And then we're watching and the second plane hit. And then I had to go to the office at that point because 
Um, I was supposed to go in at 10 o'clock and it was right around nine something that I was leaving. And I went in and we did news all day for all of the stations. But of course, you know, Cincinnati was a little bit different, but I wanted to get your take because I knew you were you were there uh, on it. And we just had the uh, 19th anniversary. Maybe we'll bring you on for the for the 20th. We'll have a, a whole show on that because I think it's it's really important to remember. I don't think the kids get a chance. I mean, I I saved a lot of the newspapers from that day. I remember going over with my my son and I remember him saying at one point he was about nine years old he said you know i would i would have ran into those buildings to help those people um and i thought that was you know that was great so anyway it's been great and you know i love it that we're, we're doing this um and part of the cathartism for me is the fact i'm doing this podcast during this whole you know covid thing it's it's helping my mental state you know you're playing the bass guitar i'm running motorcycles i don't even know what's going on anymore but at least we're we're staying safe, right? That's the main thing. I love that you have been bringing on all of those professionals we used to work yeah. with in the industry um, because they still got the chops, right? They're still excellent broadcasters, and some of them are still active and working, like Heather, for example. Cooper uh, is great. Too. Yeah, she wrote a book. Yeah, she, she... I know, I know. And she's been really prolific showing up on CNN, doing entertainment spots and things like that. And, and it always, you know... Uh, sound like an old guy warms my heart when I see my former co-workers still killing it in the industry uh, an industry that can chew you up spit you out and then chew you up again exactly they're all still doing it doing it well next week uh, Susan Aller is going to join um, uh, another great I'm trying human being working on Debbie Duhame um, as well because I think all the, all of those people have great pers- they, yeah, they're always afraid like a lot of people are afraid to come on because they don't know they're like well why would you want to interview me it's like it's just a conversation not We're not, I'm not here I'm not Mike Wallace Right. You know, it's, this is not hard. Was this hard, Angela? Did you receive any pain during this whole process? No, none at all. The only right. painful part is going to be saying goodbye, Len. Oh, I love it. I love it. Well, you can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at, at Lens Burning Bush. Follow Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. You can listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Tune in. And now you can actually ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush. So go to your Alexa device right now and you can say, Play Lens Burning Bush, and it will come up with the latest episode. Uh, We are on in 25 states, the District of Columbia, plus a few downloads in the U.K. and Germany. So, Angelo, I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Hey, it'll be great. Well, I appreciate that. So uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to Angelo Fioris, a great guest today. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Lens Burning Bush next week. So long.